hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of the Nuggets Inc. podcast. I'm Nick Kosmutter, the Nuggets beat reporter for the Denver Post, coming to you from rainy Portland, Oregon, where last night the Nuggets, uh, if their season didn't end um, at the Moda Center, it, it certainly it certainly came close. Um, a 122-113 loss to the Trailblazers puts Denver one game behind Portland with eight to go. Um, but for all intent and purposes, they're two games back with Portland having secured uh, the tiebreaker last night. So Nuggets have to finish, in other words, two games better than Portland uh, in this final eight-game stretch. A tough task in its own right, doubly tough when you add the fact that Portland has six of it eight, its last eight at home. The Nuggets play six of their last eight on the road. You know, I kind of think the worst that Portland is probably going to go would be five and three. That would leave the Nuggets needing to go seven and one down the stretch, and that's not uh, that's not a that's not the kind of win streak that they've put together really at any time this year. So again, looking blurry. Want to talk a little bit about the game, but then focus a little bit this morning um, on on where the Nuggets where the Nuggets go from here, kind of what's what's next and, you know, both in how they finish the season and, and how they approach what will be a very interesting offseason and uh, a critical one, I think, for this franchise in terms of, of where they're going. You know, the, the, the Nuggets, um, you know, they get excited talking about the future, and for good reason. Their best player is 22 years old. You know, several of their other top players in the rotation are, are, are near that age. But this team has a lot of decisions to make, has a lot of deficiencies it's going to have to find to try, a, a way to try to address, something that won't be easy, um, either through agency or with a likely draft position uh, in the late teens. So again, it's going to be a really off, uh, interesting offseason, and we'll get to that here shortly. In talking about the game, you know, it, it was entertaining, it, 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 especially in the first half. It, it was a game where, you know, both teams... Coaches, players, you know, anyone associated with the team try to temper down sort of the hype involved in it to try to say, you know, well, this this is only an important game because it's the next one and we have X amount after that. Well, the teams, you know, the teams really knew and the players really knew how important this game was. You know, the Nuggets knew, like those odds that we just just described um, the, the Nuggets knew what, what that entailed. They knew what the stretch would look like with a loss. And for, for the first probably 30 minutes of that game, when it was ultimately tied at 75 um, midway through the third quarter, it was a back-and-forth back affair, and the Nuggets got real balanced scoring and, and were, um, were sort of kept alive even though they had given up 20-point first halves to both Yusuf Nurkic and C.J. McCollum, you know, Jameer Nelson stepped up in a big way. Uh, Will Barton off the bench early uh, was really productive. Nikola Jokic had a huge, uh, a big first half. But then the Nuggets went flat in that third quarter, something that, um, something that we've seen them lately go through these prolonged stretches where they get down a little bit and they forget that their offense, when it's clicking, is based on everybody moving and cutting and, and passing. And we saw in that third quarter when they went 8 of 23, scored only 21 points, uh, there was a lot of isolation involved. You know, they were settling for three-point shots. They were settling for um, kind of one-on-one attacks. And, and when the Nuggets get in that mode, they're, they're really nowhere near the offensive team they are otherwise because 
you know, the, their high three-point shooting percentage is based on, um, even that's based on the moving because it creates open looks that are in rhythm. There was a lot of off-the-dribble contested three-pointers last night, and that's just, it's just not their, that's just not their offense. And so, again, they ran, they ran into that problem uh, in the third quarter um, down by, uh, they were, uh, I think it was the game they were tied, they were tied, and then the at 75, and then I think the, uh, yeah, the Portland Trailblazers closed it on a 20 to 10 run from there. So, again, just that third quarter seemed to doom, seemed to doom the Nuggets. The biggest issue all night, of course, was was their inability to defensive rebound. Portland had 16 offensive rebounds. Um, you know, obviously a big number. And Yusuf Nurkic, who who we'll talk about here as well, he had six of those. Was a huge part, especially setting the tone early. Portland continually getting second chances, and when you, when you're having to defend, trying to defend Nurkic with with no no viable rim protector, um, which is is another off season issue that the Nuggets are going to have to, uh, or a big off season issue the Nuggets are going to try to have to have to explore whether they can get somebody who can provide rim protecting defense. So, but when Nurkic established himself early on and then you have um CJ McCollum who got hot and Damian Lillard even though he had a relatively quiet 19 points he hit four threes and he actually had one of the biggest offensive rebounds in the game in the third quarter uh, as the Trailblazers were going on a run gets an offensive rebound and then finishes that possession later by by hitting a three-pointer and that really just kind of took the wind wind out of the Nuggets there was uh Again, there was just an inability to to make the plays they had to make, and when you give that talented trio, it's hard enough to stop them once. And when they're when they're able to pound the glass and get second opportunities, uh, it becomes almost impossible. And twenty eight second chance points uh, by the Trailblazers were the biggest thing that Nuggets coach Michael Malone lamented after the game. Just uh, really disappointed that the Nuggets couldn't quite match that, um, you know, match that effort. That the, that the Trailblazers were showing on the offensive glass. I want to talk a little bit about the, the post-game, uh, the locker room. Um, it was certainly a place where you could feel that, um, you know, the Nuggets felt like it was over. Will Barton, who there was a picture that circulated on, on Twitter after the game that Barton had gone and he just sat on the bench in the empty Moda Center just kind of... Uh, you know, just staring ahead after he had gotten dressed, just um, just kind of sitting there, and and you could tell it was it was painful for him. You know, he he said that the or that um, you know everybody from the from the top down has to. Uh, he says we have to we have to ask ourselves who we want to be. We have to, and really, it's speaking to to constructing an identity with this team. You know, obviously the Nuggets play good offensive basketball um, but but they, they have they just simply haven't been equipped to to win games that they need to make and um, I think he was lamenting you know the, the fact that Portland in a game both teams had to win in a game both teams knew was despite what they were saying beforehand was a playoff game and will Barton said Portland showed us what a playoff team looks like um, the nuggets the nuggets didn't show it the nuggets showed that they that they aren't there. That they still have a lot of, you know, a growing with the roster that they have, and and um, and second, have a need to, to find to find some more pieces that can um, sort of help help put take help them take that next step. Um, you know, Kenneth Fareed, 
said that the you know that the Nuggets were outplayed, outcoached. Nikola Jokic said that uh, they wanted it more than us, referring to Portland. So, you know, there there was certainly a a really dejected tone, as dejected from from Mike Malone down to the players, as dejected as I've seen them after a loss since I took over the beat uh, in mid February. You know, again, it, it just it felt like the end. So. We'll talk a little bit more uh, about that in the coming days. Um, just wanted to kind of touch on briefly sort of some of the, thi- the, the other Nuggets issues that they're having. Again, that second unit for, for, for stretches in the first half um, was strong, but overall really struggled again. Mason Plumlee was making his return to Portland, was 0-4, no points, and two rebounds in 16 minutes. Uh, he just wasn't wasn't a factor at all. And, you know, naturally, and again, this is coming back to Nurkic, you know, I, I think that the trades take typically more than, more than a, a few weeks for you to be able to know for sure kind of who got the better end and, um, you know, that there's pieces, there's pieces involved um, that, that are going to have to play out going forward. But it's hard to look at this trade right now. And, and obviously, Yusuf Nurkic was unhappy. He, he didn't want to didn't want to be in Denver. He uh, wasn't satisfied. You know, we, th- we think that's sort of his biggest issue is being unsatisfied with with playing a backup role at center after getting relegated to that once Nikola Jokic was made starting center in mid-December. So he was obviously he was obviously unhappy and wanted out. And and the Nuggets the Nuggets obliged and traded him to a division rival, but it's it's hard to see not necessarily what it did for the Nuggets in terms of in terms of whether that that made them worse by not having Yusuf Nurkic. I think you could argue that by making sure you're building around Nikola Jokic, the Nuggets got the Nuggets are better off because they're planning for for their center who, who and planning for the way they want to play with him. But what it really did is is it, it has clearly made Portland uh, a much better team, and Nurkic himself is a young player, and if if that's going to make the, the the Trailblazers, if he was their missing piece, that's going to make them a you know a juggernaut in the West, or at least another team that you you consistently have to get through. It's not just going to be this year that the playoff path is hard. I mean, you look at the Western Conference, and it, it's a it's a picture of stability in terms of teams. That have always been there. Um, when you go straight from the top, the Golden State, the Spurs, the Rockets, the Clippers, the Jazz, you know, and in Memphis, and then you include Portland in this. Now it's, you know, the Nuggets can get better potentially and still not be able to make the playoffs. the The only reason they were there this year was because it it was it was a down year from from some of the some of the other teams that typically make noise or some of the teams that were expected to make noise like when you talk about um, when you talk about a, a Minnesota Timberwolves team that a lot of people thought was going to make that push for the playoffs and um, and it just never materialized so the, the the nuggets are in this position because that window was open they might get better next year and still have to deal with the fact that it's going to be a major uphill battle just given the fact that a lot of these teams will stay stocked and the Portland Trailblazers might only be beginning and so from that angle of it, at this point, and again, we'll need to see how things shake. I, I think trades need to be given kind of a longer, longer shelf life in terms of evaluating them. But 
you know, before you can ultimately do so. But clearly, as it looks now, and as you see it on its face now, the Trailblazers have greatly benefited from this from this trade. It, it, it might have been a gamble, taking a player who, who had been unhappy, you know, was maybe a little bit out of shape. Uh, he looked agile. He, he, you know, he's reportedly lost, um, you know, somewhere near 30 pounds. I, I don't know if it's that much, but he certainly looks, uh, looks fit and, and played that way. Uh, and really, the crowd just seems to love him, and, and he feeds off of that, and, and, and they feed off of him, and, and vice versa. And it was a pretty um, pretty raucous atmosphere that, that he was able to, to cultivate, you know, along with, obviously, the rest of the team hitting, hitting a lot of big shots. So it, I'm, I'm interested to hear what other people think, and we'll do, um, you know, we'll, we'll do some interaction on this going forward. But um, again, so far this trade, you know, I, th- I think it would have it been short-sighted for the Nuggets to just say, well, let's, let's not make this trade because this year they might pass us in, in the playoff race. You know, again, they were only in the playoff picture because of, of the down year in the West. Um, where usually there, where there's been some years where you have to win 45, 48 games to, to even have a chance. Um, so it might have been short-sighted to just simply base it on those playoffs, but long-term, if, if, if Portland has become, with this trade, a, a potential contender, a potential dynamo in the Western Conference, um, you know that, that's going to potentially be something that, that bites the Nuggets um, because they'll have to face them four times a year and um, have to get through them, likely in, at the bottom of that playoff race or in the middle of it, whatever the case might be. Um, so I'll be interested to hear hear your thoughts. I'll close just just by looking forward. You know, the Nuggets have four games left on this road trip, and I think that's the difficult part of what happened last night. Is you know you don't get to come home and then and then maybe try to turn it around there or or save, win a couple games and, and turn it back around. You know, so that, so the Friday night. They'll be in Portland, um, then finish the road trip at Miami, at New Orleans, and at Houston. So again, it's going to be it's going to be a difficult task, and it'll be interesting to see how the Nuggets respond on, on Friday. Um, you know, the message from again from Malone and players earlier was that their season wouldn't be over. You know, statistically, I think the website Five Thirty Eight gives them seven percent chance at this point to make the playoffs. So. You know, crazier things have indeed happened in the NBA, but uh, again, it, it would just take such a collapse, collapse by the Trailblazers, probably them going something like four and four, which, again, they're they're thirty six and thirty eight. So you look at that and say, well, four and four is not out of the picture, but they're thirteen and five since the all All Star break. They've only lost five times in the last six weeks. So it would surprise me if they finished. Poorly is four and four, especially when you consider that they're going to have six of their final eight at home. Uh, but uh, but we'll see. We'll we'll be sure to keep you guys uh, continuously updated. We'll try to do another video in, in at some point on this road trip, and uh, be sure to follow us. So I'll have more coverage uh, at thedenverpost.com from this game. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Nick Cosmider, N I C K K O S M I D E R. Um, and that's going to do it for, for us as I head to the airport and get ready to go to Charlotte. Thanks a lot for listening.